Understanding the Role of Money in Generational Wealth. My name is A.B. Ridgway, owner and financial advisor with A.B. Ridgway Wealth Management. Money is the root of all evil. And if you have money, you are evil too. So give up all your money and cleanse yourself of its filthy ways. Any takers? Anybody? None? I didn't think so. I didn't think that I would get too many people to agree with me on this subject. But why? Have we all not heard this phrase? Money is the root of all evil. You know that, right? Yeah, we have. And if you haven't, you've heard it a couple of times already now. But this and many scriptures in the Bible are taken out of context, used to control individuals, and leave many of us broke and unfulfilled. That's why I started AB Ridgeway Wealth Management. Too often, people feel powerless to change their financial investments when they don't align with the Word of God. At AB Ridgeway Wealth Management, we are a faith-based investment firm providing you with the tools to be good stewards so you live an empowered life. With nearly a decade in the financial industry and meeting with hundreds of clients, our mission is to remove the wedge of misinformation between investors and the word of God, because we believe that your faith and your finances don't have to be separate. And God preaches a gospel of prosperity and not poverty. So today we're going to talk about understanding the role of money in generational wealth. The first scripture, first Timothy chapter six, verse 10, and what it really means when they say money is the root of all evil. I'll tell you a story of a client whose greatest fear came true because she didn't answer these two simple questions. And we'll wrap up with one final key to unlocking your power to making investment decisions from a biblical perspective and what this means to your finances. Okay, so where were we? Oh, oh yeah, I was just telling you how evil money was. Well, unless it's for tithing. Let some people tell it. So I guess a 10% of money is not evil, only the, the 90% I keep. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. The power of sarcasm is strong in me today. But if you haven't noticed, I like to have fun. Finances can be serious, but there is truly a human aspect to it. And we need balance. So if you all do me one favor, I want you to smile for me. No matter where you are, how you're watching or listening to this speech, I want you to smile as hard as you can. Are you ready? All right, let's smile. Hold it. Come on. You can do better. A few more seconds. Look to your neighbor. Try not to laugh. We're just smiling. Okay. Good. Now, how do you feel? Better? Good. I want to just give you some practice before we start because I want this talk to bring you some joy. Because happiness is the spirit of the Lord. And you're here right now listening because the spirit is in you. So what does it really mean when they say money is the root of all evil? Well, first of all, that's not even the scripture. That's how people 
paraphrase it. And we see this quite often of people paraphrasing something, then repeating it as if it's the facts. So it's very important that we go back to the source of any information that we get. In this case, it would be the Bible. In the social media world of memes and tweets, quotes can be credited to individuals by just adding a picture to them. When we go back to the Bible, the actual full scripture from the King James Version states in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10, For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Did you catch that? For the love of money is evil, not money itself. And it goes on to say, which while some coveted after, they, the some, have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. See, this is not a warning strictly about money. It is a warning against the temptations that may come with money that will distract you from your faith. And it is this deviation from your faith because of money that brings many sorrows. More specifically, self-inflicted sorrows. Once again, we want the context. So we need to go back just a few scriptures. And it starts at verse 5. Perverse disruptings of men of corrupt minds and destitute of the truth, supposing that gain is godliness. From such, withdraw thyself. But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us be therewith content. But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Now watch where God comes in to solve this problem. But thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life whereunto thou art also called and has professed a good profession before many witnesses. Wow. That's powerful. That is much more powerful in inspiration and speaks to the spirit of God than money's the root of all evil, isn't it? So the context of that scripture is speaking on the dangers of strictly pursuing riches having conversations with people with corrupt intentions and a lack of a clear understanding of the truth. See, money is a resource. There is a saying that if you give an alcoholic $5, he may get drunk. But if you give him $500, he may drink himself to death. Alcohol being the evil, money being the root. But hopefully you see that money can also be a root of righteousness, in which our pursuit will not be the temptations of this world, but the glory of God and expanding his kingdom. He warns us to avoid these individuals who think that having money makes them godly. 
But it goes on to teach us that contentment in the basics like food and clothing is sufficient. So in Timothy, he guides us to follow righteousness and fight the good fight in whatever profession God has called you to do. Do it with love, do it with faith, and do it with patience. I don't care if you're a mechanic. I don't care if you work for the post office. I don't care if you're a doctor. I don't care if you're a lawyer or a custodian. Do it with faith, do it with love, and do it with patience. Are y'all still with me? Can you feel the evil moving away from your money? If you can, that's good. Because we're going to move on to how much money is enough. And this is where our firm steps in and helps the client determine how much money is truly enough for this person. And we build out customized financial plans that help you satisfy your debts, build your investments, so you can live a prosperous life in retirement as God has intended for you. But everyone is not so lucky to seek that help. I remember one day before I had you know, my firm, a woman came in, elderly woman, around 66, petite, very soft-spoken, but very direct. And she came into my office one day and, and I'm thinking that maybe the market correction had her a little uncomfortable and she was here to figure out what was going on. I pull up her account, I kind of review some notes, and before I can ask her, well, what's on your heart today? She bluntly asks me, do I have enough money? Um, kind of shocked, right? Because this client was retired, they had roughly $3 million in investments. Even though we had discussed her probability of success based on her lifestyle, it was like 99999999999%. Right. <laughs> and she was still concerned. Right. It would, I, I don't know what would happen. You know, the, the country would have to collapse. Right. So I asked her enough for what? Now, she was living in an assistant living facility and said that she wanted to purchase a new mattress. Now, in my head, her mortgage is paid off. She, her car is paid off. She doesn't have much expenses. So what could this be? So I'm thinking, ma'am. You can buy a mattress for the whole facility if you wanted to. But I I didn't want to humor her. So I sincerely asked, oh, how much is this mattress we're talking about? And she said, "Uh, around $1,000. Take a little pause. And I said, yes, ma'am. I think the earnings you made in the last couple of days could cover that. And she said, okay, and politely just got up and walked out of the room. And I remember this client like it was yesterday. And she is one of the reasons I work so hard to help my clients see their finances from a biblical perspective. Because to you right now, that sounds like the life, doesn't it? That sounds like the life you want to live. But from a biblical perspective, it really isn't. And I'll tell you why. Because there were some things I did not tell you about the situation. The client inherited these assets from a deceased uncle. She didn't have experience managing money and her biggest fear was losing it. Every month, she would scrutinize the statement. And if the the value didn't go up, she would panic. Now, her only daughter was diagnosed with cancer and was married to a man that the client did not care for. When the daughter passed, it broke the heart of the client. After handling her daughter's funeral, I mean, no more than four months later, the client herself passed away. 
after falling in the bathroom. With no beneficiaries listed, the assets were given to the son-in-law, who was given custodial rights over the grandchildren's money. He spent it on cars, houses, trips, a new girlfriend, and tried to open a lawn service with the last $100,000, which ended up failing. So within two years, the $3 million, gone. It truly broke my heart to think that there were three generations that didn't enjoy their money, only for someone not even related to spend it all. The uncle, the client, and the daughter. I mean, none of them enjoyed the fruits of their labor. So how can you, listening today, prevent this from happening? Now, there are four questions that you should ask yourself before you start looking at your finances. I'm going to give you two of them. I have another lecture called Asking Bible-Based Questions and Get Faith-Based Answers, where I explore these four questions in depth and help you successfully accumulate your wealth and transfer it to the next generation. But let me give you these two. First, who is going to be the next steward? See, when her daughter, who was the rightful heir, passed, the client didn't have a beneficiary. We have been notifying her since the cancer diagnosis that she should consider adding a contingent beneficiary just in case, God forbid, her daughter should precede her in death. Well, even after her passing, she was grieving so hard that process of adding the beneficiary was pushed further back on the back burner. Now, remember, everybody, if you are able to identify who will continue your financial legacy, it improves the possibility that the assets will go where you intended them to go and your wishes are carried out. To this day, I wish she would have just added her beneficiaries. But Which leads me to my next question. Are they prepared? So the first question was, who is going to be the next steward? The second question is, are they prepared? The client didn't prepare the next generation. She assumed the next person would carry on the legacy that her uncle gave her of penny pension and hoarding the money. Well, her son-in-law had a different idea. Her son-in-law was not prepared, nor did he care to be prepared for the moment that he inherited their family's fortune. Neither of them were focused on following God's word, causing pain and discomfort for all parties involved. And I'll tell you, she was a God-fearing woman, but just didn't know that financial guidance was providing the Bible just as much as salvation. It says in Proverbs chapter 13, verse 22, but a good person leaves an inheritance for their children's children. But if you're not prepared, how can you expect to prepare the next generation? If your children are not prepared, then you may lose all the hard work you put into this life and fall out of obedience to the word of God. What we do at AB Ridgeway Wealth Management is that we educate our clients on the benefits of understanding where their contentment starts so they can start growing their assets for the next generation. I sometimes hear people, well, I will save as much as I can and give the rest to the children. That's good. But are you really preparing them? Or are you just giving them the leftovers and hoping for the best? It doesn't have to be a child. Now, remember this. It could be an animal, it could be a church, it could be a charity or social organization. Remember, your animal shelter needs to be notified if you want your money to provide certain accommodations for the animals they onboard. 
your church needs to know if you want to give a certain ministry some assets, maybe the children's ministry or the praise and worship ministry. Your charity needs to know what research department you want to fund. Is it colon cancer? Is it breast cancer? They need to be prepared as well. And preparing them will give you the peace of mind you need. Now, if you want to make sure your financial legacy is carried on, make sure you reach out and get some help. Don't do it alone. I I know making these decisions on your own can be overwhelming. So after this talk, I'll leave my contact information so you can book your consultation and go from being lost to being directed by the word of God to make the financial adjustments to ensure your legacy is not blown away after God calls you home. So before we go, I want you to remember what we talked about. One, money's not the root of all evil, but the love of money to the point that you are no longer following the word of God and seeking righteousness is evil. Also, seek the context of the scripture when praying about financial concepts. Don't let parts of scriptures guide your life. Hoarding money is not godly. Be content with the ability to feed and clothe yourself. Then seek love, faith, patience, and understanding in all that you do with your assets. And last, generational wealth is the ultimate goal and is encouraged in the book of Proverbs. So as promised, I want to give you the one key to unlocking your power to seeing things from a biblical perspective. Can you guess what it is? I don't think you're going to be surprised by this one. It's prayer. Now, some of y'all think, I just sat through here for 10 minutes to hear his prayer. But it's not just prayer. It's self-reflection coupled with prayer. What does that mean? Prayer is an outward projection of your intent to God. And self-reflection is an inward analysis of the results of that projection. Do you get what I mean? If you pray for salvation, if you pray to help your family, you need to take the outcomes and understand them from a a reflective point of view. You need to talk to God and say, God, this is what we're working with. This is my understanding. How do we make this work? And we have a resource called A Day Away with God. If you are thinking about hiring a financial advisor, or just want to get a better understanding of where you are financially, we would like you to consider downloading our guide to making biblical decisions and doing the exercise. We encourage you to find a peaceful environment and rest in the presence of God. Now, you may blend some active work with time for reflection, praying and thinking. While you should discern the items to include in your day, this resource will give you a starter list of ideas to draw from, As you pray for guidance at ABR Wealth Management, we know how difficult it can be to make financial decisions on your own. As a faith based investment firm with nearly a decade of experience, we provide you both the tools and resources to be good stewards and live an empowered life. Just imagine the feeling of confidence you will have when you are preparing the next generation to carry on your financial legacy. We believe When you align your financial decisions with the word of God, you become more confident and live an empowered life. 
Here's how we'll work together. First, you'll fellowship with one of our advisors. Together, we'll learn more about each other and discuss how we can bring you peace of mind about your finances. Next, we'll complete a customized plan. And once you have reviewed it, you'll be well on your way to living the faith-based life you desire. And before we go, let me ask you, if you had $3 million that you worked your whole life for, and after you passed, someone you barely knew spent it, would you like that? If you had the tools to make biblically responsible decisions that would ensure the smooth transfer of assets to the rightful beneficiaries, would you use them? If you knew of someone who was going to help you guide you through the process of organizing your finances, so you had something to give to the next generation, would you meet with them? If so, schedule your consultation today and allow AB Ridgeway Wealth Management to focus more on your finances so you can focus more on your family. By scheduling your consultation now, you'll have the tools needed to live out the retirement you've always prayed for. You can give us a call, 337-414-3686. The number again is 337-414-3686. Or you can schedule your consultation online at www.abrwealthmanagement. That's W-E-A-L-T-H-M-A-N-A-G-E-M-E-N-T dot com. All links will be in the description below. Thank you for having me and I will see you on the other side of your blessing.